Hello, Vision Nation. In this week's episode, we're going to cover the story of Bill Wang and Archegos Capital. It's a fascinating story of a guy that came from humble beginnings, became an uber billionaire, and then made all the headlines when the markets went against his positions. It's a great example of how destructive leverage can be when it goes too far. Welcome to Wall Street Vision. This show is on true stories about markets and top investors. I'm Vlad Dolgochev. So Bill was born in Korea, in a very modest family. His dad was a pastor, and the church assigned Bill's dad to go to Vegas and spread God's gospel there. The whole family moved from Korea to the U.S., Bill was only 18 years old at the time, and that's a pretty rough age to have such a big life change happen to you. Within a few months, tragically, Bill's dad passed away. That was a pretty hard thing on the family. But it was one of those things that really fueled Bill's desire to succeed. Coming from this hardworking family, Bill worked night shifts at McDonald's to save up money. He went to UCLA and even got an MPA degree at Carnegie Mellon. And that's really impressive, coming to the US with limited English at 18 years old and then completing a university degree and a business degree. After he finished school, Bill wanted to join a big investment company or maybe an investment bank. But those types of places weren't really hiring guys like him, so after a lot of effort of trying to get a job at a big name institution, he ended up getting a job at Hyundai Securities. Bill ended up in institutional equity sales and did a great job. I think that his honest Christian background worked to his advantage. Financial firms have gotten a bad rap at times, of course, and trust and reputation mean so much in this business. So here's this pastor's son coming in, and he really seems like a trustworthy person, so people, of course, want to do business with him. Eventually, Bill caught the attention of Julian Robertson. Now, Julian was this hedge fund wizard, and he had his own hedge fund called Tiger Management. Julian was kind of like this mentoring type of figure, and he liked to hire ambitious people with lots of potential, teach them the ropes, and then they'd go off and open up their own hedge funds. This group of people was called Tiger Cubs and Bill Huang became one of them. Bill's first hedge fund was called Tiger Asia. This fund grew to be pretty big, and at one point they were managing around $10 billion. In 2012, Tiger Asia was accused of insider trading, and they pled guilty to the charges. This caused the fund to get shut down after being in business for 11 years or so. Putting aside the insider trading stuff, to go from a dead start to managing $10 billion in 11 years is a massive success. After the hedge fund was shut down, Bill had to find his next project. For a guy that has tasted so much success in his career already, it just made sense to keep on going. There's this structure called a family office. It's basically a company that is set up to manage the wealth of a single person or of a family. 
It's different than a hedge fund because family offices usually have a small number of clients and they're generally not open to outside investors. They usually just deal with the friends and family of wealthy people. The reason family offices exist is that dealing with all the complexity of managing billions of dollars can be a big headache. Just think of all the administrative stuff that you have to take care of. It can be a real pain. So some super wealthy people set up a family office structure to help them. Bill's family office was called Archegos. Even though his Tiger Asia hedge fund didn't survive, Bill still made a ton of money owning and operating it. At this point, his net worth was something like $200 million. He set up the family office and hired a bunch of analysts to work for him. He was a shrewd investor and he saw the potential of tech companies. So Bill rode the wave of large cap US stocks. And he did really well in those years. He was buying companies like Google, Amazon, Netflix, Facebook, and so on. The other thing he did was he used a lot of leverage. He borrowed a ton of money and that really increased his earnings to an insane level. He also kept on taking any profits and he kept on plowing them right back into the markets. He was using a crazy amount of leverage. Some of his positions were levered 8 to 1 and in some trades his leverage hit 20 to 1. In that extreme scenario, for every dollar that he personally put into the stock, he'd borrow $20 and plow it all back into that same stock. That's insane. As a simple comparison, if you're a regular investor signing up for a margin account, the initial margin requirement might allow you to borrow a dollar for every dollar that you personally put into a stock. When you compare that to the 20 to 1 that Bill was doing, he was jacked up with a ton of leverage. And the way he did this was through the use of something called swaps. I'm going to skip the technical mumbo-jumbo here, but at a high level, swaps are a derivative that allow investors to remain invisible. So instead of your name showing up on the filing documents, it's the name of the bank where you bought the swaps. So these massive leverage positions that Archegos had were hidden. That's what allowed him to take on such a massive risk. He went to lots of different banks and brokerages and took out these huge positions. If any of the brokerages knew about what the total portfolio looked like, and that it was so concentrated in just a handful of stocks, I really don't think that they'd approve giving all that leverage to Bill. He timed all this perfectly. Because in a period of under 7 years, his personal fortune grew from around $200 million to over $20 billion. He 10x'd his money in under 7 years. That's an annualized return of 40% a year, which is just bananas. That's basically double the return that Warren Buffett achieved in his career. To make that type of return when you're already starting with a couple of hundred million dollars is very rare. The funny thing is that throughout this whole process of becoming one of the world's wealthiest people, Bill lived in a relatively modest suburban neighborhood in New Jersey, and he drove a Hyundai. It's so funny to think of someone worth 20 billion dollars living an average suburban life. 
I guess that's not too different from Warren Buffett's style. But the big difference is that in investing, Warren Buffett was always very careful about using leverage, and Bill used a ton of leverage in his stock portfolio. Alright, so at this point you're probably thinking, Bill, you've got $20 billion, it's time to cash out and go buy an island somewhere and drink mimosas while perfecting your tan. Well, Bill probably could have already done that even before he started the family office. But his purpose was different. He was convinced that he was helping to do God's will by investing in the companies that he picked. He basically saw these tech companies as improving the lives of people, and so he figured that by investing in them, he was also helping people, and that's really what God wanted. I guess he was finding a higher reason for taking on this insane level of risk. And that gave him a lot of confidence in his investing. And confidence is something that you really need when you have these super concentrated positions in a handful of companies where you've borrowed $20 for every dollar that you put up. The reason it's so risky to use that amount of leverage is that a very small decrease in the company stock could wipe out the whole position. His stock portfolio had limited liquidity, and limited liquidity essentially means that if he tried to sell all his stocks, their prices would drop by a lot. So the end of March 2021 rolls around, and Viacom CBS announced that they wanted to raise $3 billion. This was one of the companies that Bill was heavily invested in at the time. When this news came out, instead of helping the stock, it caused the stock price to go down by 9% and then a further 23%. That forced a margin call on Bill's positions. And the way a margin call works is... In order for the brokerage to be happy, they want the client, in this case Bill, to deposit more of his own cash into the account. Bill had so many leveraged positions across a handful of stocks. So when Viacom stock declined in price, it set off this chain reaction where his brokers asked him to post up more of his own cash, and he just didn't have enough cash to do that. And what happens is, if a person doesn't have enough cash to deposit into the account, then the brokerage takes over the stock position. Once the broker gets a hold of the stocks, they have two options. They can try to sell blocks of stocks in an orderly fashion to prevent the stock price from crashing. Or they can just dump everything in the open market trying to recover as much money as they can as quickly as they can. In this case, if a broker knew for sure that Bill was only working with them, they'd probably liquidate the stock slowly over a period of time in order to prevent the price from tanking. But in this case, I think that all the brokers were scared that there might be all these other brokers out there who loan money to Archegos. So in that type of situation, it makes sense for them to do a fire sale to get as much cash back as they could get. 
the brokers all rushed in to dump as many stocks as fast as they could. If you're the last broker to sell the shares, you essentially end up holding the bag. Altogether, the brokers ended up losing something like $10 billion from these trades. It's crazy that it happened because of this one guy that nobody really heard of. No one really knows how much money Bill has left. I think he has a foundation that has something like $600 million, and he probably has some personal money left somewhere. I just can't imagine being worth $20 billion and not stashing away a few dozen million dollars for a rainy day. Alright, so that's the story of how Archegos went up by 10x before having a catastrophic fall from grace. Next up, I want to discuss some takeaways from the story. Before we dive into those, I'll quickly mention that if you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe using your podcast app. And if you know someone who would find this content valuable, please share this episode with them. My goal for the podcast is to help people learn the lessons from the best investors and to help people understand the stock market better. I think that's important today as there's lots of information out there that can lead people on the wrong path. And I would love for more people to benefit from this type of content. Alright, back to the show. So what are some key takeaways in this story? On this show, we've talked about leverage being a two-edged sword. Leverage increases gains, but it also increases losses. In a nutshell, Bill's mistake was having too much leverage and having it concentrated in a small portfolio that only held a handful of stocks. And what that meant was that if any of those stocks had a bad week, he could get margin called, which would set off that sort of chain reaction that ended up happening. Warren Buffett is one of these guys that has been super outspoken about how dangerous leverage is in investing. And look, I think in certain places it makes sense to have leverage. If you're buying a house, getting a mortgage is a perfectly rational financial decision. But nobody's going to margin call you if your house decreases in value. That's why using leverage in stocks is so risky. My other takeaway is that if something looks too good to be true, it probably is. Having a 10x return in 7 years is a crazy accomplishment. If Bill was running a hedge fund instead of running a family office, I'm sure with those types of returns, a ton of people would have wanted to join him. And that's why it's so important to understand what you invest in. Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger always make it a really important part of their process. And in this case, if they saw the amazing returns, and then they asked Bill, well, how do you get these returns? And Bill would explain that he's using so much leverage. This would be a definite no as an investment. Another thing that comes to mind is the old Buffett quote that says something like, you only find out who's swimming naked when the tide goes out. Archegos had massive success for many years, but it was all built on this shaky foundation. 
If you've enjoyed this week's episode, check out episode 10 of the podcast. In that episode, we go over the story of long-term capital management, which was this hedge fund that was staffed with the smartest PhDs and most experienced Wall Street people. We'll discuss its amazing run-up and its quick and tragic fall from grace. All right, Vision Nation, that wraps it up for this week's episode. If you've enjoyed it, please hit the subscribe button. And if you know someone who's interested in investing, please share this episode with them. Thank you so much, and I hope you have an amazing day. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not be relied upon as the basis for investment decisions. Before making any decisions, consult a professional. I may maintain positions in the securities discussed on this podcast. This show is copyrighted by the Wall Street Vision. Written permission must be granted before syndication or rebroadcasting.